Bulldog and Friends is proud to be partnered with and bring awareness to the program Saving Innocence. Saving Innocence is a 10-year-old nonprofit agency based in Los Angeles that specializes in the recovery and the restoration of child victims of sex trafficking. A little bit of information. The average age of entry is just 12 years old as they begin their journey into exploitation and the most horrific form of child abuse bought and sold like somebody's property, and it's happening right here in our own backyard to our own American-born children. To learn more about how you can help, follow them on social media at Saving Innocence and visit their website to make a donation. Now we're proud to bring you Bulldog and Friends. Pod number three. Can you believe it? Pod number three. My name is Todd Buller. I've lived a blessed life. It's been great. I've had so many great things happen during my lifetime. But you know what? Some of the greatest things are the friendships that I have and uh, that I've had over the years. And today, it's no different. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> the guy we have today is phenomenal. He's kind of been like a hero of mine when I was a kid. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. This is pod number three. With the pistol, known to me as Pistol, a lot of people call him Daryl Smith. Not, a, I think I've known him for 45 years. I've been thinking about it 45 years. Watched him play basketball. I was a ball boy when he played at Leland High School. As I'm younger than the Pistol, <laughs> played basketball in college. Coached basketball in college for 25 years. I don't know if that's totally right, but we'll get that from Pistol when he jumps on. He is the best joke teller I know. He grew up with the Buller Ones, Eddie, Mark, and Kim. And I just want to welcome to the podcast, Bulldog and Friends, Daryl the Pistol Smith. Daryl, welcome. (laughs) Thanks, Todd. I love it. It's amazing how fate works that this is podcast three, and my favorite number is 22. Just amazing coincidence. (laughs) Pistol. So what we do, we ask some questions. I send them out to you. And then basically, we'll just talk for a little while. And then at the end, we'll just say, hey, see you later. And we'll go out and play golf the next day. So here we go. First question I sent to you, it was uh, your favorite actor or actress? Well, this is, of course, always a difficult question. Cancel actresses out. I'm not into actresses at all. But I will tell you that... My favorite actor, of course, as most people in my generation, has to be Clint Eastwood. Some of the greatest movies ever. Love Clint Eastwood, all the things he did. When Clint Eastwood, I would watch Clint Eastwood movies, and he would do stuff. And then I would go out and do it. In, in the movies, he would do it, and he'd be a hero. And I would do it in my real life, and I would get in trouble. But I, I still think he's a great actor. Although, I have to tell you, when I was a kid, Eddie Buller, your older brother, Mark Buller, one of your other older brothers, and Kim Buller were my friends growing up in high school. And Eddie and I, or Mark and I, would go over to my house and we would watch home films. And we would either watch my home films of my family or your home films. And the Buller family, when before you were born, when those kids were little, every time the camera would come on to home films, they'd start dancing. So the original uh, Saturday Night Fever of the Buller family is, of course, some of my favorite actors as well. Yeah, when I, my sister and I, we're, we call ourselves the Buller Twos, and then there's the <laughs> Buller Ones. There were a lot of home videos of the Buller Ones. There were barely snapshots of the Buller Twos. They went on vacation when we were alive. This is when we were alive. I don't know what we were, like, in a closet somewhere. They'd go to Disneyland or wherever. And, uh, yeah, a lot of home videos of that. But the Buller Twos were, I don't know, 
shipped off somewhere, maybe put in the straight jackets and just <laughs> that is, stay there. That's for hilarious. So I am telling you though, this is it's honest to God that mostly Eddie and I would after we'd either go to my house or his house and eat something after practice. And we would watch a home video. If the Bullers, the Buller ones were crazy because the Bullers still look exactly like, like Mark and Kim and Eddie look exactly like they do now, except that these little three-year-old bodies. And then as soon as the camera came on, they start dancing around. I swear to God, if you could find those right now, you need to find them. And then on your podcast, have a live video of, of the original dance parties at the Buller house. Yeah, the, the Buller ones were called the Dancing Bullers, and the <laughs> Buller twos were called the Good Looking ones. So here we go. Right. Exactly. Next question. Here's a good one. This is a. There's a lot of what if questions. This is a good one. If you could choose between a great golfer, being a great golfer, or three inches taller, which one would you choose? Come on, you see me play. If if I chose to be a great golfer, I still couldn't be a great golfer. So that's easy. Yeah, three inches. In fact, when I was a kid, real literally. I ended up playing basketball and I love basketball, but I was really a pretty good football player and a pretty good baseball player too. How I got to be a basketball player was a little bit different, but when I was a kid, I literally would lay in bed. Nobody in my family's, my dad's about six foot. Uh, my grandfather was about six one, nobody else over six foot. And I would pray that I would be six four from a time I was about sixth grade. I was the kind of kid that played in the street all the time, but I was the kind of kid that organized everybody. So I was always going to be a coach. We're going to play this game today, this game. We would go to the Linda Vista Elementary School. I grew up on the east side, on the wrong side of tracks in San Jose, I'm telling you. And I would I'd go play with this guy named Cecil Harper. We lived in my street. He's an eighth grader. I was a fifth grader. We'd set up our teams to play basketball and I would organize it, but then he would take over because his biggest kid, he's mean. He he ended up killing somebody. He's in a penitentiary. That's true. But he would be the captain and he would pick me first. I was the biggest kid around. And I was a pretty good basketball player, but he would pick me. We'd start playing forward. We'd start playing forward. Tipped it up. He'd just grab me by the shirt. A little fifth grader. He's an eighth grader. He had hair. I didn't. You know what I'm talking about. And oh, he'd yeah. say, look, pistol, pass me the ball or I'm going to beat you up. So one of the things that made me a great basketball player, I thought I was a great passer was I always blamed on Cecil Harper's threats uh, of going to beat me up if I didn't pass him the ball. You, you learn know, how to ball fake real quick. The happens. interesting part of that story is that if you <laughs> didn't pass, didn't become a great passer, you probably would be dead right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or in the penitentiary with Oh, yeah, Britain. right with them. And my Canada. other famous, uh, greatest uh, uh, person that I really like would be Johnny Cash. Yes, I'd be in Sam yeah, Britain you would with, be you would, yeah, you rolling the Lucy's and uh, yeah, the whole thing. Now, right, now I don't even remember one. the question. Now I don't even remember the question. You, you'd the like question? to be three inches taller, but that's okay. oh yeah, three inches taller. I, I pray I was six four, yeah. and I grew up to be six four. And and then when I was about eighteen, I started cursing myself because I should have said six eight. Yeah, don't hold God back, right? You know, you yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, I do believe that. I look, I do honestly. I tell. I have a grandson, Jamar, who's a great basketball player. And I tell him, look, go to bed and just start thinking that stuff. I honestly do. This sounds crazy. And I'm not a crazy guy at all. But I do believe what you believe in your mind is real. When you're young, you can kind of wish certain things for yourself. Of course, you follow it up with other stuff. But, yeah, there's no reason for me to be six foot four. My brother's 5'11". I believe that I've had be so good looking and who knows, never knows. I'm still waiting for oh, that. Per- had to so I'm on my knees every day praying that. Just praying that. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. That's why this is a podcast 
with no photographs. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I got the perfect face for the podcast. Okay. Yeah, we are question number three. This is going to be just like, you know, probably be about a five hour podcast, but we don't care because both guys <laughs> do all the editing of it. Favorite team. Oh, I forgot to say Mark Buller. We have to say that every about five minutes. Oh, I've always said Mark. I've said Mark. I got some more Marks for you, Mike. Yeah. Favorite team you coached. What's the favorite team you coached? This. That's not even a fair question because I coached for 29 years. You said, actually, I coached for 29 years, college and high school. Okay. But 25 years in high school, right? A college, I mean. Uh, uh, the fact is, I could tell you the three shittiest teams. Excuse okay. me, can I say that? Here we go. We're going the other way. I, I, I try to run positive, but I'll go negative. I'll go I negative can, if I, I have to. If it's for ratings, I'll go negative. <laughs> Every team you coach has different things and different stuff that makes it exciting. Donna just was looking at me. When you, of course, we all, I'm a big family guy, and I know you are too. And when you and I got to coach JJ, my grandson, one of the reasons I moved here was so that JJ could play in the eighth grade with some kids that were here. And that team, I would help at practice, but you coached during the games at the, they got beat by Carmel in the championship. So this is just an example of why you can't pick great teams. So you would think, Oh, I got, he's got to pick one of his teams that went to the NCAAs or that won 26 or 27 games, that team, JJ and Will Cohen and Chris Spence, the maker and Soren and all these kids I think they lost two games. I think they were 26 and two, but they lost the championship game to Carmel in a, just a tough fought game. And if you remember, JJ uh, got a cramp and then he got need set out the last two or three minutes. They're up nine and they just couldn't hold together. But I'll never forget two of my favorite kids, Chris Fenstermaker and Will Cohen. And gosh, who's the little tiny one that I really like too? Donna, who's the little yeah. Nima? Yeah. At the end of that game, Todd, I don't think you ever saw it. They stood at half court, basically hugging each other, just crying because they really thought they were going to win. And I know that we had talked to them about what it takes to be a championship team. And I think teaching kids to win and wanting to win championships. Hey, I played basketball my whole life. I never won a championship playing as a player. I won as a coach, but never won as a player that they really thought that they were going to win that game and they probably should have. And just how it affected them. And they were such great kids that to me, that's the stuff that always sticks out in my mind is you try to teach kids to win and it should have losing should hurt and winning should be great. I always thought that still do. Especially when I'm golfing. You played on. So there's a team you played on, not just coach, but played on. Okay, I told you I was actually a pretty good football player when I was younger. Jim Plunkett threw you passes. (laughs) Jim Plunkett threw me a couple passes, that's true. And I thought I was probably always going to be a football player. I was fairly big. I had good hands. Wasn't quick by any means, but I was fast. And I thought I was going to be a football player. Basketball was kind of secondary, but I was really a better baseball player than both. And I didn't play baseball when I was a kid because my family, my father lived in Kentucky, grew up in Kentucky. Every summer, we went to Kentucky to spend time with my father's family, my grandparents. And it was a great experience. I'd never change it for anything, but I didn't get to play Little League because I was always going to Kentucky in the summer. And when I so when I started the WAVE program, for example, I always thought that if you didn't have Little League or you didn't have to play that organized stuff, when you got to high school, the great athletes, I'm not saying I was a great athlete, but the athletes would try everything. Well, when I got to, to be a sophomore at Leland, I wanted to play baseball. I'd never played organized baseball, but I'm telling you, I was a way better baseball player than I was anything. 
And so I kind of fell in line to say, I can't play now because it's too late. Uh, that's why I've always thought that competitive sports when we're kids really is not a good thing. It should come through schools starting in about the seventh grade. My favorite team was a softball team that I played with it, from 1984 to 1989 called Matzinger Electric. When ESPN started, the first show they ever showed was the, the Open Softball World Series. I played in Open Softball with a team in Montana that traveled throughout the region, Idaho, Washington, Oregon, North Dakota, South Dakota, Utah. Our pitcher was 6'10", 315 pounds. Our first baseman was the same size. Our second baseman was the same size. I played right center field. I tell my second base, hey, man, bend down. I can't see the ball. You're so goddamn big. <laughs> so these guys, and in those days, it was unlimited home runs. And so I'm 6'4", and in those days, about 225 pounds. I was the smallest guy on our team that played in the outfield. And I just loved playing softball. It was Matt Singer Electric. We traveled all over the nation playing this open softball, slow pitch, when you could hit unlimited home runs. And it was just a blast. I love. So it. you guys were a lot like the Cardinals of the 80s, a running team. Bunt, run, you, you use all that speed that you had. If uh, I'm trying to think of a good comeback for that, I can't even think one. No, we were more like, uh, we were more like every guy on our team was like Barry Bonds. I kept saying, this one guy, every guy on our team could bench press like 450 pounds. I'm like, man, I just, I hope these guys just keep lifting. They just come out like one giant chest muscle and stick the bat in there, just crank it over the fence. It was just, it was totally fun, man. I'm telling you. That's great. That's a good one. That is a, that's a good story. Again, of course, Pistol. His greatest team he's played and coached is a softball team with the Fighting Firemen <laughs> on it. The Fighting Firemen. Uh, no, Vince Dunphy Vince from Dunphy. Montana did oh, not that, play on that team. He did not. Okay. But he All right, here's, a, here's a good one. Here's a, I know you watch television now, probably a lot more than you watched it when you were a kid. A television show that you watch now that you would have never watched when you were in high school. Well, I think that as you get, I was married when I was young and had my two kids, Trevor and Jessica, the of course, the loves of my life and, and divorced Donna. their mother when I was 25 years old. Basically, could remain single till I got married about 10 years ago to Donald, a Pacific Grove legend, just like Todd Buller. And <laughs> my, so the show I watch now that I would never, not only would I not have watched when I was a kid, it, until I was 50, I would never have admitted that I watched it. And that would be Check, Please. It's a PBS show where people go around and talk about their favorite restaurants. Don and I enjoy that show. It comes on at about uh, twelve thirty on Saturdays, but because of, we have TV now, you can we can watch every one of those. Check please, restaurants, great food. Yeah. How stupid is that? No, good show, <laughs> good show. Guilty good pleasure. Show. But I would have never watched it. No, of course not. <laughs> Your younger self would have beat you for watching. Check, I've, I've, I've become more intelligent as I've gotten older, and I think that <laughs> if you want to be able to watch Monday Night Football. You also have to watch Check, Please on Sunday. That's right. That's right. Okay. Growing up, people that you looked up to. I think this is easy because of just what we always talk about or what we believe. I was very close to your family and your mother and father always around when I was a kid and, and your family. But, of course, my parents, uh, not to be political at all, but I'm a white guy. And I, I don't believe in white privilege. I grew up on the wrong side of tracks. We worked our butts off to get what we had. My family did. I don't suffer from white guilt, but I do suffer from this. I suffer from parental privilege, I call it. I had two of the greatest parents 
that a kid could ever have. They supported me. They trusted me. They respected me. All the great things my whole life you, you spend in my life trying not to disappoint my parents. And though I have many times, I, I never saw disappointment in their eyes, if that makes sense. Yeah. We have four kids in my family, like you have five. And we're all just like your family, very different, totally different. My brother is a year older than me. He was in the cars, girls. Uh, he was a cowboy. We never. I was a jock. We didn't wear the same clothes. So we never fought about anything. He's still my best friend, just a year older than me. So really, hopefully, you always wish that everybody had that same thoughts. My favorite people are my parents. They're still alive and talk to them almost daily and just love talking to them and just very lucky. So we understand being a teacher and a coach, especially well, a lot of kids that we coached didn't have parents, two parents in the house. Pretty incredible that I was able to enjoy that privilege of having two great parents. That's for sure. Otherwise, of course, Pete Maravich, Reggie Jackson. Those are the guys that I liked when I was growing up. Yeah. Athletically. That was fantastic. Okay. <laughs> Here's a good one. I know you have a million of these, but I, I'm cutting it down to how many do you want? Whatever. This thing could go on forever. <laughs> Funniest story from your childhood. Give us a funny story from the childhood of Daryl the Pistol Smith. Okay. I have a, when I was a kid, I, I was the youngest of four. And my sisters were quite a bit older than me. But anyway, my mom told us right before Christmas, in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we're going to visit her English teacher that she loved. And when she went to high school, she went to actually San Jose High. And so we were going to her house and she set me and my brother down who were typical boys. I was only five and he was six and we'd run around just kids, just boys playing, whatever. She said, look, whatever you guys do, me, she set me and, and Dane down. She said, you need to act like gentlemen. Do you understand me? And I remember looking right at her and shaking. Well, of course I understand you. And I remember leaving that. I didn't ask Dane because he's no different than me. But I thought, I, I don't even know what a gentleman is. I don't really know what she's talking about. But it was about a week away. She kept saying it. Make sure you're going you're to be on your best behavior. Be a gentleman. And I watched a movie. My sisters were watching it. And Cary Grant was in this movie. And <laughs> they introduced Cary Grant to, to a young lady. I don't know what movie it is, whatever it was, but he kissed her hand and she said, Oh, what a gentleman. And I thought, Oh, okay. That's a gentleman. So we go to this lady's house. Now my one sister's like 14. My other one's like 13. Dane six. I'm five. They introduced Sue. Here's our oldest daughter. She does this. Oh, great. Nice to meet you. Here's Peggy. She does this. She's okay. Great. Nice to meet you. Here's Dane. He does this. He's, oh, great. Nice to meet you. Here's Daryl, our youngest. And I grabbed her hand. She was shaking every set and they kissed her hand. And of course, Dane, my brother, just started laughing. He fell on the ground. He was laughing so hard. Well, my sister started laughing. Like, what are you doing? I started crying because I started crying because they're making fun of me. Right. And then, so I, all I remember is the whole day, the whole time we were there, I just, I felt like an idiot and we're driving home and my mom was even kind of smiling and laughing at me. And she goes, well, Daryl, why did you kiss whatever her name is Miss Johnson's hand? I go, because you told me to be a gentleman and that's what gentlemen do. That was it. So, but I, it made me feel really bad because yeah. <laughs> of Dane, that jerk. <laughs> yeah. Carrie <laughs> Grant. What the heck does he know? <laughs> Yeah, no, no kid. <laughs> That's funny. a great one, Pistol. Great story. All right. Last kind of formal question, and then we can talk about anything we want. What would you tell your 16-year-old self from what you have learned in your 
What are you, 63, right? 63 years. Six, 62. 62. Don't, don't right. make me older than I am. I won't make you older. I'm trying to get that vaccine, but not that fast. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? This sounds probably stupid, but my whole life, I've run around with a grin on my face. I'm not kidding. I've went to bed smiling, and I've always woke up happy. And always try to figure out why people are so upset all the time or trying to figure it Now, don't get me wrong. I can get mad at things and I, I have anger and all those things, but it's a very small portion of my life. Most of the time, I'm just happy as heck. To be honest, if I, if I could teach a kid anything, pay attention in English class. However, convince your English teachers that grammar is not really that important. <laughs> just learning to write is and express yourself in a written form. And the reason I tell you that is I wasn't a great student. Hard. What a shock. Huh? And the only reason I went to college was because I played basketball in college. The only reason I graduated from college was because I wanted to be a coach and a teacher. And that was mandated basically. But when I graduated from college, I wasn't a great, necessarily a great writer. And I learned to be a good writer because I had to out of necessity. So I wish I would have paid attention more in English, maybe history, and maybe math. Now I'm, a, I'm one of the world's greatest deck builders or shed yes. builders, whatever you want. And that requires a little bit of math, but really I, I wouldn't change anything. I'm super happy all the time. Uh, we're how, Come on, we live in Pacific Grove. I go stand on my roof tonight and see the ocean. <laughs> and I'm very happily married. I feel bad for people who always speak poorly of their wives or they're always bickering or whatever. And I just, gosh, how miserable would that be? A lot, I make fun of people, COVID, uh, hasn't changed my life at all. We, I've never been, <laughs> I've been social distancing for about 30 years. I like to come home and do what I do at home and spend time with my friends who I, I don't even necessarily make too many new friends because I don't seem to have enough time for the friends that I already had. <laughs> well, Pistol, it's been great talking to you. Just a couple other things. Daryl, talk a little bit just real quick as we end this thing about the nonprofit that you started in our town because I remember when you first said, hey, let's, I have a friend and she wants to be able to give some money and I've done this nonprofit and I'm going to do this and that. And I thought, man, that is really ambitious. But you know what? You've done all those things with uh, the WAVE program. So real quick, just talk about a little bit about the WAVE program. Well, how great is this? So, so the WAVE program opened its registration January 1st. And of course, we're not sure that we're going to be able to run this summer, but we want to give people some hope. I mean, if I had anything to say about it, we would all be out there playing. And we already have almost 80 kids and, and six months away still. That's the way the weight program has been since we started it. And the smartest thing, this as a coach, is you, the greatest thing I did uh, <laughs> with the wave was decide that the high school coaches should be involved in teaching kids. Because I just think in my life, that's who I looked up to was high school coaches, even when I was a little guy. So 10, 11, 12-year-old kids to meet Coach Powers, Matt Kelly, the art teacher, Coach Selfridge, whatever it is, is a great, it's just exciting for them to be at the high school and all those things. So the WAVE program is a great idea that was able to be successful because the people I chose to surround myself with, you, for example, to, you've always said, hey, you, you just run it yourself. I don't want to run it myself. I want Todd Bullard to run. Todd, you've done so many things in this school and for the school district that a lot of people probably will never know or understand unless they played for you or they went to school when you were there. And just the people like that, Bobby Howell, that came and did our, our security, 
Jordan Gasperson, who ran our games program. Just the teachers at the high school that made that program great. It's a great program. And there is absolutely not one thing bad about the WAVE program. That's what I love the most is that it's just, it's all good. So it's a whole lot of fun that we're trying real hard to make sure that it's still around. Yeah, it, it has been a lot of fun. My Kathy has done the tennis and she enjoyed it. My daughter, Alana, helped out one year in volleyball. And everybody that's been around it and in our family talks so highly about you and and what you've done with that program. And it's just a lot. You're exactly right when you say it. it's just a lot of fun. It's fun for kids. It's fun for everybody. And it's been great. We're hoping for a 2021 reboot. And if not, then it'll be 2022. And we'll just see where we're at. Daryl, thanks yeah. for this time. You are the pistol and will always be the pistol. And uh, thank you for being on Bath with me today. Okay. And I do have to tell you that uh, so everybody knows. And so Mark sticks around, listens to this whole thing. Mark Buller did give me that nickname, the pistol, if he anybody did. ever asked. That's, That's right. They, he, so Mark on Buller podcast, pistol. have me back on podcast 22 and I'll tell you how. That's right. His favorite number is 22 and that'll be it. And again, thank everybody for listening. This is Bulldog and Friends or Bath. That's what my friends call me. And we'll see you next week. Later. Thank you for listening. Please go check out Saving Innocence on their website. Follow their social media at Saving Innocence and make a donation. There's a link in the show notes. Have a great day.